two short readings. Uh, the first one is on page 27, and it's when Carl Jung's talking to Roland Hazard. It says, the doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I've never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. He said to the doctor, is there no exception? Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since- Oh my the God. Here and there, once in a while, Alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men are suddenly cast to one side and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. So I see it as kind of like, A is this condition of, of the chronic alcoholic B, something happens, and C is the spiritual experience, spiritual awakening. So if we go back a page to 25, it describes B. You know, there is a solution. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which the process requires for its successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we had come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it. When therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and we've been rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life toward our fellows and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our, that our creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. So kind of, it's kind of a, a two-parter. One, when I did this work, my first spiritual awakening was that I awoke to the idea that I could live life without drinking. And then the second spiritual awakening, kind of what you talk about sometimes is that um, I can live life without thinking, without being identified as, as Carl. So anyways, if you can get something out of that, thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you. There's a lot there. Paul alcoholic. Happy to see everybody in the Zoom context. Uh, yeah, there's a lot in these statements. But my feeling is uh, a lot of this what's, which what can happen when aligned with a way of life, it gets extended into time. Yeah. So it doesn't become just an experience. It becomes the way you live, which is quite different. Because a lot of people can have thousands of spiritual experiences, but it doesn't lead to, it doesn't necessarily lead to a spiritual awakening. Yeah. So the idea of, uh, 
these are some of the changes that need to, that are seemingly required. Usually, it's stated with the the statement being convinced. There's certain fact. There were certain facts in my life that I was denying. I wasn't sitting there actively denying it, but my life was a denial of those facts. And two of them was uh, I was powerless over alcohol and drugs. In other words, when I drank, I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, there was no control in concerning my drinking and using. And then, and secondly, that I'm not managerial quality. So what was directing me would always ended up directing me to a drink or, or using drugs, basically. Yeah, so I was in denial of that. So I kept doing like they say, you know, you're doing the same thing, expecting different results is the, is the uh, idea of insanity. So I was completely insane concerning certain facts in my life. And it came to a crashing halt. And I was convinced of that in a, in a sudden moment. Now, that convincing probably would have been under the influence of being unconvinced in a few hours. Yeah. But fortunately, life conspired to bring me to that, a meeting of recovery that night. So it, this happened in the late morning, I think. And by the time I got back to San Francisco, I was being brought to an AA meeting at eight o'clock. And I've been going ever since. So uh, for something to extend, yeah, so let's say there's a profound change, like it says here. There's, there's a profound change. That means it has a little momentum, yeah? It has traction. It's got propulsion. But it needs to be matched with a way of life, with, with principles that are sound, to really extend and turn into the habit of being sober, you know, and turn into the state of abstinence, and to be, and to have these effects that the problem does not exist for you anymore, and the feeling that you've been placed in a position of neutrality with no effort or thought on your part, all of those effects can gain traction when they land in a way of life, yes? This way of life of, of uh, surrender, and relying on something greater than self, which means I'm not taking the false evidence to be real as much as I used to in the head, because the head is a GPS that has its own agenda, and it's all its maps are made to land where it wants to go, not the one who turned on the GPS. So uh, I'm really into the way of life thing because... Uh, you know, the way of life is almost like a tarmac at an airport. A lot of shit can't land at a small airport because there's not enough land to, to, to uh, slow up on. You need a large tarmac for some big shit to arrive. Well, to me, a sober life allows a lot of big shit to arrive. Yeah. And then to unload, not just to arrive and then suddenly split again, but to unload and to really have those profound changes stay changed, yeah? Not like change back, change back and forth, but actually change, where there's no, uh, it doesn't come up for re review or debate or rebuttal. It's just now you have a new basis of life, which is you're clear about certain facts that you were in denial of, 
and being clear about those facts open you up to unbelievable possibilities where the other way has a very limited set of possibilities that narrow and become more uh, com you know contracted as it goes so basically you know it was obvious to me the alcoholic of my type was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now that was a fact yeah that when I manage my own life, it leads me to having to be managed by others. That was a fact, yes? These things were facts that I was in denial of. Therefore, I was prone to repeat the same freaking mistakes over and over again, yet the consequences weren't always the same. They grew. They became more profound. And the impact of, let's say, getting run over twice in one night by a car has been a profound impact in this physical life. Yet it was motivated and incited by a mental condition called irritable, restless, and discontent. So, yeah, I don't want to get run over by cars, but things may happen if I'm living under irritability, restless, and discontent. That will lead me to get run over by a figurative or a literal car again. Yeah, so, yeah, the profound change matched with a way of life can be a whole new basis of living, yeah? A profound change left on its own will probably be changed back, <laughs> yeah? Because the habit, the habit of escaping and not taking accountability and all this shit will re-engage. It will suck it back in. I've seen it with so many people. I've seen people super clear they're fucked and two hours later, they're running the, they're running the, you know, their stick again, you know? It didn't have anywhere to stick. It was applied, but there was no stickum, yeah? And the old system just pr pretty much put a deadening on it, you know, a muting of it. So you forget a miracle in a half hour, yet you're remembering constantly a slight that may or may not have even happened for 40 years. You gotta see there's a strong bias and that bias is probably going to win out in time without a way of life. Yeah. And I don't know what that way of life will be to you. Maybe it will be a very loose-fitting way of life that's directed by sound principles. Maybe you need a more constructed life, at least in the beginning. Maybe you need a life of a recovery community. I don't know how it will work out. But the fact is, it's almost like a combination plate. Yeah. You have to, there's the one, you get the whack, you're convinced. Now, how to stay convinced? Yeah? By admitting that you can't, by doing all this stuff. And then you live in the staying convinced part. The being convinced has occurred. Now, the staying convinced is now the new basis of your life. Yeah? Staying convinced that something has done for you what you can't do for yourself, like it just stated there. I mean, how profound of an example do you have that you were struck sober in a way? You didn't get yourself sober. Your mother didn't. The state didn't. Your friends didn't. Your partner didn't. Something did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. On a huge stage, I've seen that. How, you know, <laughs> I mean, that can be enough. Just that recognition 
matched with a way of life, you'll stay convinced. Yeah? Because you know what happens. Time changes shit. You know, you can have a two-week retreat, and Sunday morning, the last day, you feel great. You haven't had any calls, no hearing about your girlfriend or anything, no bills, lovely food, everyone looking, smiling, and no one yelling and screaming. And at 9 o'clock a.m. on Sunday, you feel fucking great. But then 9.02 comes. You get back in your car and you're starting to drive home and all this shit comes back. Yeah? You can't, it can't be based on outside circumstances and situations that are too volatile. You have to be, you have to be the rock in your own life, in a, so to speak. And that rock may need to have a community around it to stay a rock. Yeah? So... I've had tons of fucking peak experiences. Yeah. They don't do it. The way of life does it. Yeah. The way of life lets that which was revealed stay revealed. Yeah. Not to be hidden once again by the, the habitual system of being identified as self. That will cover up a miracle in 40 minutes. How many people are living on the thing that was demonstrated in their own intimate experience that something has done for me what I could not do for myself. They're busy trying to do for themselves all fucking day. I mean, look at it. How does that demonstration become a basis? Yeah. You need something. It's sort of a lot, you know, yeah, that vase and that flower on that table at that moment is beautiful. But if the table is on a shaky ground, it's not the vase isn't going to stay up. The flower isn't going to stay up. Yeah. So, yeah, I love those events, but I want another event that allows those events to really trigger a true change that gets established. Yeah. Because you may not be sincere all the time. You can't just stay in sin sincerely taking a position. You need to get established in the position. Yeah? A lot of times, willingness doesn't look enthusiastic. So you have the bridge from when you don't feel so willing by the habits of being sober. That's what allows it to keep extending. Not everyone's fucking cheerleading, ecstatically willing all day. Yeah, but they're in the habit because that willingness has been matched with a sound habit. So it extends, even though you're not feeling it, its effect is still there. Yeah. So, yeah, all this stuff, I love all this stuff. Yeah, because we all have an intimate feeling of it. Yeah. But that feeling isn't sufficient. So it's gotta be it's gotta be what binds you know the archway to freedom. Yeah. But those stones have to be there in a way. Yeah. We have to see that you have it by giving it away. Those things, those things keep everything vital. Yeah. I feel. Yeah.
because you leave that peak experience on Sunday, Monday looks like every other fucking Monday sometimes. Yeah? That Sunday event isn't may not have much influence on the Monday event. The underlying conditions, yeah, have been changed. You have a new attitude and a new outlook, and that which you were looking for, you're now expressing. Yeah? You're expressing peace of mind and satisfaction and contentment. You're not seeking for it. Yeah? You're expressing it. So, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Paul. Um, I don't see any questions. If anyone has a question for Paul, please raise your hand. All right, Fotini has a, her hand up. I'm gonna ask you to unmute. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good. Nice to Paul, I would like you to share your ideas about uh, boundaries. I feel that um, one thing uh, addicts um, have, um, have uh, you know, to an area of, the, of our lives that we have to heal, I have to heal, uh, is the uh, boundaries, you know, I, my first step is about not uh, managing to control. So control has to do with boundaries. And uh, one thing I have found through these years of sobriety is to learn how to have healthy boundaries in order to you know, heal, recover, don't go to traumatic uh, uh, places, spaces, people, don't uh, trigger, you know, my, my addiction uh, and uh, don't protect me in a way from things I cannot, uh, I cannot control, uh, but though can uh, make my life unmanageable. Well, yeah, that's that's in the living of things. Yeah, so you look like a, you look at a baby, the baby has to have set boundaries. So there's a there's a crib to keep the baby in one location because it could get hurt. Yes. And yet he doesn't stay in a crib the rest of its life. Yeah, the boundaries are suitable to the condition of the baby. When the baby's when the baby's condition changed, the boundaries change. Yes? And so you learn. It's like captured in the idea of practicing these principles in all your affairs. At some point, you have to limit your affairs because you're now, it doesn't look like you can practice these principles in all your affairs. So there's a limiting affairs. That's boundaries. Yeah? But they're not set in stone. They're temporary boundaries. They can be changed when your condition changes or when the condition changes. Yes? So for me, I feel if you stay in this program, it leads to you being a free-range alcoholic, which is, in a way, having very impermanent boundaries. Yeah? It's defined by the day and what's happening. You don't have a set boundary. 
anymore. You're like a free-range alcoholic. That's what I'm, that I particularly enjoy. But when I was younger, for sure, in recovery, there was boundaries. So I don't know your personal tendencies. Some people are, are codependent in a way. They have codependency or they have, they have a huge urge to control others in their thing with the hopes that it would make life better for them. And those things become obvious when some of the main facts become obvious, like you're a fucking alcoholic, and then you start taking, that gets taken care of, then you see these other tendencies, and there's help for those, yeah? So you get, you find out through trial and effort, and with the help of a mentoring, like a sponsor and other people who've gone through what you think is so unique that you're going through, and there's sharing, and you try shit, and you learn by things working and not working, yeah? But I don't have, I'm not a believer in, there's there's setting of boundaries, but I don't believe there's set boundaries, yeah. I believe they're determined based on, so like, let's say some people, that first year, they're not going to go back to the clubs, you know. It's dangerous there. They have too much affiliated with being at clubs and dancing and getting loaded. But maybe two years later, they can go to the clubs, yes. So I think you're mostly talking about boundaries with people. Well, that's what you have to, you find out. See, once there's, there's a certain awakeness, you become awake to a lot of stuff you weren't awake to. So now you, you see that things, and you see your role in things, and you see other people's role in things, and you, then boundaries get set, yeah? But that's the living, you know, that's the daily living and learning what works and doesn't work. Yeah. So, you know, people, you know, in AA, where we, where I live, there's a boundary that they try to set. They say, hey, listen, it's not just suggested you get into a relationship your first year. Now, 99% people do, and the other percent wanted to do it. Yeah. So, you know, they say fuck that and they go make someone else a higher power and then they go through it and they learn from that yeah now the next second year they have different boundaries now they see wait a minute yes they so we learn as we go and it says it on page 63 you'll you know you'll realize you can face life successfully by what by living and going over it with someone and seeing what works and doesn't work yeah, and seeing your, see, I don't have codependency. That's not a thing in me, yeah? I don't. I don't have a, a desire to control people. It doesn't, because I just never had. It's not a big interest in here, yeah? So, but other people do. So if they, first they think they're just an alcoholic, then they find they have codependency tendencies, and this shit gets revealed, Yeah? And there's ways and people that have gone through it that allow you, they can suggest their boundaries, what's worked for them. You try shit and your life starts working better. Yeah. That's all often in our community. What I'm interested in is the basis of the disease. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I want to see, 
if is there an, an activity that's incredibly influential that we don't know is going on and if we are in that condition i would like to participate in us knowing it's going on yeah i would like us to start seeing it yeah because if not we can concentrate and get into so absorbed in the boundaries but the we're fucked already because we're in the bondage of self. Now the bondage of self decides it has to have boundaries, but you're bound by self already. Yeah? You're in the bondage or the bounding of self. That's what I'm keenly interested on. Yeah? How, how your life's going to play out and what you need to learn and don't learn, that's all, yeah, that's all taken by knowing the community and having people you trust and shit. Yeah? But I want to get to the exact nature of the wrong. I do. I want to see, is there a mental activity that's implying you're something that's pictured as a body and has tons of programming and opinions and assumptions about you, yeah, that you live under every fucking day, like a rock of self's own making, not your making, of self's making, or as Kurt would say, it's self-imposing bullshit yeah i'm interested in seeing that yeah then the boundaries will come and go but i first i want to see if i'm bound or not yeah i want i want to see if i'm bound to this idea of self that's the biggest boundary (laughs) the other shit i can learn but (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah you know what there's you know i always like to present a question to people what is it you know that you don't want to know ask that self ask that every once in a while what is it you know that you don't want to know a lot of people who call me up about should i or shouldn't i be in this relationship i always ask them just you know you know something's wrong or you know something's right if go for it if there's something right but maybe you should hesitate if that you feel there's something wrong, yeah? They're going to learn either way. So what is it you know that you don't want to know? Yeah. Well, I don't want to know it's not good for me to get into a relationship right now because I want to get into a relationship. All right. I did an inventory once. It was so trippy. Uh... It's a long story, but I met this beautiful woman. She told me she was married, so that was that, yeah? Months later, I'm walking down Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, and she runs in with, with into me with a friend, and she tells me she's not married anymore, and would you like to get together? So I said, yeah, yeah, definitely. And so she says, well, uh, so she's a she's dancing at this brazilian club i go to the club and i'm there and then she tells me her husband's at the bar her ex-husband and then her 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 number one boyfriend is about five feet from me so something was amiss so i go home i'm going maybe i shouldn't uh looks like i'm number three on the fucking hit parade maybe i shouldn't pursue this so i do an inventory and the inventory indicates, yes, that's a good idea. Don't pursue it. But I wanted to pursue it. Yeah, so I did. And <laughs> I got the results. <laughs> 
So I learned it's not only doing an inventory, it's responding to what the inventory is pointing out. Yes? <laughs> so the inventory is saying that perhaps there's a better way and I go, no, I want to do it my way. Well, I got the results and I learned. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened. But first, I needed to be sober. First, I needed to, those things were in, then I can get into the nooks and crannies, you know, then I can get into the, oh, this little defect, but I gotta, yeah. <laughs> if I'm blind, I need to see, be able to see first, and then the seeing will reveal a lot of shit, but I've got to admit I'm blind while seeing. <laughs> I'm blind to the, the occupation of self. I'm calling it me all day. I need to see that, I feel, and then see what happens after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you do an inventory, it's not just doing the inventory, it's taking the information to heart, maybe. <laughs> I love inventories because they produce an answer, but it's not yours, which is great. <laughs> They they give you they give you different data with and that it's the same data the same informa information but a different conclusion. <laughs> That's why I love putting pen to paper. I don't do it much anymore because there isn't a need. But yeah, I don't like talking it out. I think when people call me up and they want to go into a story, I always ask them to do an inventory first and then call me back. Yeah, because I don't want to hear their answer, really. <laughs> I want to hear their reaction to AA's answer. I don't want to hear their answer. <laughs> of course, many times I don't get a call back because they don't want to do an inventory. <laughs> they want to see it their way. Yeah, The way that defeated them, they want to keep seeing it that way. Yeah. When's what's the best teacher at that point? Life. Life's the best freaking teacher. Yeah. Try to argue with reality. You're going to lose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not the easier, softer type. <laughs> Most of us, we don't go the easier, softer way. <laughs> we go kicking and screaming. <laughs> not one person ended up here through virtue did they no we were all fucked basically <laughs> i'm choosing sobriety no you backed into sobriety really <laughs> you would love to be able to do what you wanted all day right now but you realize you can't it doesn't work <laughs> Nice to see you, Fatina. Okay, the next question comes from Susanna. The higher, hold on. Let the, higher, let the higher power be the map maker. Yeah. <laughs> It'll put in the boundaries where it wants. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mike. 
All right, Suzanne from Facebook has a question. I've been to rehab and I don't think I would benefit again, but what about sober living community? Well, again, it's based on uh, your present condition. I can't give a, a road answer, you know, because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the house, the sober living environment has sound management. Sometimes people are getting loaded in there. So uh, I would take counsel from people in the community and uh, see what they suggest. And if you have a sponsor, maybe, and they suggest uh, maybe you should go in, give it a shot, yeah. But uh, I don't, there's no road answer. I mean, there's no rigid answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, I think, with that. This is what you go with, you know, with people you maybe you suspiciously trust, you know, because you're new. But uh, most of the people you're going to meet in AA, especially in a job of a sponsor, most of them, they have your best interest at heart. So, and they don't have a vested interest in you to shield or hide shit away. So sometimes their take on you is much clearer than your take on you. So yeah, I would ask people you respect suggestion about that. All right, thanks, Paul. I think Anne has a question. Anne? I'm coming. Hey, Paul. Um, actually, I did have a question, but uh, from the chat, but you answered it. Um, what I'm thinking right now, though, is as you were speaking today, I'm wondering where instinct comes into this. You know, it, you know, the book talks on instincts, but maybe I'd like you to go further. Well, because the situation we're in. We're a creature that's dependent on outside things. We don't have fur. We need shelter. Yeah. We don't, we're not, uh, we're not an engine that starts and fuels itself. We need food. Yeah. We need a lot of feelings, like a feeling of, of like we get in our community, connectiveness. Yeah. A feeling of, warmth and nurturing these things are healthy for us and they seem to be outside our control which triggers the ag the agitation of the mental state and the mental state now has taken its it has appointed itself to be the runner of the agenda concerning your instincts and now the basic needs have been uh expanded into wants so some people, I, I live in a very rich area, and you would be at a meeting, and pe some person was having the same anxiety concerning buying their fourth house as a person that was looking for a refrigerator box to sleep in that night because they had nowhere to go. But the anxiety was exactly the same, yet it wasn't, fit, it wasn't fitting the circumstance. The person had three houses already. Yeah? So the instincts have gone wild, like it says, 
but what's allowed what's put the wildness into the instincts doesn't come from the instincts it comes from self the selfing yeah we think we got first of all a lot of us are saddled with a huge sense of entitlement so we feel we got a lot of shit we deserve yeah and a lot of people give themselves medals just to be sober people who are sober like what the fuck you know we're all living sober this isn't a special fucking herculean you know conquest an odyssey just fucking act normal yeah go through the green lights and stop at the red lights we do it all day what are you going to get a big medal for it so you know what i mean so the if you look at the instincts the instincts are there therefore there's a need to try to fulfill them and the mental state is playing the role of the gps it's also the accountant it's also taking the inventory it's also forecasting your your debits and your fucking advantages and it's playing god concerning these things called instincts yeah that's why we knew that's why he uses i don't know why but i love the 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 idea of a new employer because it implies we were working under an old employer and this new employer being all powerful is going to take care of us yeah not because we jumped through 800 fucking hoops the old employer used to set up and it always adds other hoops no matter what no if you stay close to it and you can't be far from everywhere yeah and do his works well what a fucking job description i think i can live with that but not like a fucking insane boss that tells me all right if you jump through these five hoops everything's going to be great oops there's eight more hoops i just found yes and then there's a slavery you never get off the obstacle course you're always ch- the changing the waterhole nothing you never arrive at happy joyous and free you're just being punished for not arriving there. Yeah, that's the old employer. So the instincts are running wild. The instincts aren't, they're being driven wild by the fucking managing of the self of our lives. Yeah, when we have the new employer, which is the higher power, we can be assured we're gonna be taken care of with only two job requirements, one is already completed you can't be far from everywhere and to perform his works well who's who's gonna say which works are being performed well why not just do the best you can and take it to be that now you're assured and the fact is you're not just assured immediately being anxious and fearful because it didn't work out it works the program works so that 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 giant leap of faith isn't a leap of faith because it's proven. The leap of faith is the faith in self. That's the leap of faith. Because there's no fucking real, there's no constructive results in most cases. Most cases, all you get is rationalization, blaming others, and excuses for the non delivery. AA delivers. If you follow the AA way, you have a very good chance of staying sober a day at a time for how many days you have. Yeah, you do. Because it works. Yeah. 
though if you have the higher power and then the comp the complex position of instinctual drives running it it's completely different than when self is running the instinctual agenda yes I mean, seriously, you have a new employer. Stop fucking pledging allegiance to the old employer. I'm feeling great, but I'm still fucked up. No, you're not fucked up today. Maybe you were years ago every day. Not now. Let's get on the fucking contemporary page. Am I praying for something that's already so? You know, thy will be done? No, my observation is thy will is done. I'm not praying for thy will be done. I've observed thy will is done. Yeah, let's be done with it. Like we had a very great example here from Jono, I think, in, or someone from the UK about he was praying every day the third step prayer, please relieve me of the bondage of self. And then he noticed that, wait a minute, I'm asked, I'm trying to pray for a future relief of the bondage of self, but I'm in the freedom of the bondage of self now. And basically, the prayer had been commandeered and was not being useful because it was putting a present tense condition into the future. So instead of enjoying the peace of uh, the freedom from the bondage of self, he was praying for a future one. That's a way that that's the way the head plays God. It overrides your present condition and has you hoping for it as a future condition. You're sober now. Yeah, the relief is now. The higher powers access is now. There's no requirement necessary now. So here, let's say it's 11 o'clock. I have nowhere to go. I can look outside. Yeah, my head says, you got to go somewhere at 11.30. Am I really enjoying what I'm looking at outside? No because I'm already speeding up unnecessarily at 11 when the speeding up should happen at 11.30. This is how fucking the bondage of self steals our freaking life. It doesn't take it all at once. Someone who can reach 12 feet only reaches 4 feet. Yeah? It just chips away to the point where you have a very unsatisfying life and you're apt to do almost anything, it leads you to a fuck it, and then you get loaded. Somehow. Yeah? Because it takes away the livingness of a life. Chipping it away. Cons overly concerned about yesterday and tomorrow means you're not attentive to today. Yeah? And if the, this day isn't enough, no day will be enough. Yeah? If you don't find it enough now, you're never finding it in the future. Now. Now is enough. Well, I should have more. Who says that? 
So now we train ourselves to be grateful for what we have because the mental state that's dominate dominates us doesn't has no gratitude. If you bring in a beautiful dish, it wonders why there isn't more of it. There's no there's no sense. It's like looking at the pool but never fucking diving in. We're not in the process of getting wet. We're soaked now. We've been under the influence of a higher power now for a long time and a long time of nows. We're recovered, yes. On the most essential point, we're recovered. The insanity that precedes the first drink has been squelched. We're sane concerning our true conditions. We have, uh, we have seen facts as facts. And it has allowed us to live a sober life for 33 years. You know, there's freedom from drinking and using, and there's freedom from self. You can have freedom from drinking and using and not have freedom from self. This is about recovery. Yeah. Recovery of what? Our lives. Yes? Yeah. Our possibilities, our childlike attitudes and outlooks. Yeah, the possibility that we don't have to slave away trying to become okay as seen by a mental state, but we are okay as seen by the higher power. Yeah, acceptance, not for everything outside, but us. An acceptance of what we're not and what we are. Yeah, and recognize the priority of the two. The priority is in what we are, not what we're not. Yeah. What we're not is being changed. What we're not is being altered. All the while, we're on the operating table of sobriety. What we are is just allowed to shine. It's not given the ability to shine. It always has that ability. It's allowed to shine. Yeah? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. That was good, Paul. <clears throat> Just as you were wrapping up, I was a couple weeks ago, you had talked about there is fear and there is my fear. And, and really, that's what you were saying there to me, you know. Good. It's a huge difference. And that's the difference. That's the that's the difference of a heavy life and, a, and traveling lighter is just that the my gets weakened and because there's fear arises anxiety arises but you know what allows it to stay is my fear my anxiety and then there's an investment there's something that's invested in the fear staying even though you're whistling the tune that you do anything to get out of it there's a huge aspect of us that's very happy to be in it. It's valuable to it. Yeah, it is. 
the self finds value in what we would like to get rid of. It does. It has a story around. It's got an investment in you being fucked. It does. It doesn't want you to get better. In other cases, it doesn't want anyone else to get better. Yeah. It wants everyone to go down with the ship. Yeah. No one's going to survive. I'm taking everything down with me. It's a very, very myopic, vindictive, uh, scared view. Yeah. Petrified, really. Petrified of discovery. Yet it's such a joy to see through it, not see as it, but to see through it. Yeah, there's a joy there that it can never, it couldn't, it's surrounded by that joy. It can't embrace it. It's impossible for it. Yeah, it's got an agenda that it's constantly working at, which is to reinforce the idea of self all day at the expense of a lot of other things. Yeah, a lot of other things. So, you know, that's why I love the other topics, the working of living and stuff, but I'm really keen on, let's get down to the, let's go to the, the habitat of self, which is the mental state, and see how self is reinforced and pronounced and advertised and assumed by the mental activities and maybe bring a little light into that which will loosen those knots and the light feeling lighter will be get more feeling lighter it will yeah once you get a taste of something such as relief or freedom it begs more yeah maybe you can't take a whole large swallow of freedom now but a little free sample will trigger something, a possibility, yeah? That, hey, wait a minute. I may, I could be occupied with something else other than me today, maybe for a second, for a minute, yeah? Maybe that bird on the tree has occupied my attention more than the story of Paul. What a lovely thing to give attention to, yeah? That's what's being of service is. You're available and you're present. Yeah, there's a lot of beauty to be available to in a in a backyard. It's a huge amount. Yeah, but there's a prerequisite. You got to be in the day you're in, and you got to be in the moment you're in. And I'm saying you can't be out of it. You can believe you're out of it, but you can't ever be out of it. You are confined and defined by here now there's nothing that happens that's not here now <laughs> nothing yeah it may be all about there and then but it's happening now here yeah there's no breaking out of that yeah yeah you know i have these you know i bought when we moved into this house we got some plants you know so i've watched them for years and how they slowly just grow and expand yeah it would go with sort of without notice yeah unless you're able to notice it yeah mm -hmm. and that's what being awake to being awake has brought me one of millions of things 
I notice the small things. It's beautiful. Yeah. I notice when the ants move from one place to another. You notice the hummingbirds, you know. They have to eat before the night or they'll die because they have such a uh, metabolism. You just notice tons of shit. You don't write blogs about it. You don't stand, you could, I guess, but the next moment moves you to the next event, yeah? You're too busy living to really review it, so to speak, yeah? You couldn't write that out as a, a program. It's an effect of going under the influence of the higher power of the program of AA, is that you have eyes to see and ears to hear now. They were always available, but they weren't available but they were always available, but something was causing them not to seem to be available. And that something needs to be direct, you know, needs to be seen clearly. Because if you keep calling the problem you, then you are the problem. <laughs> you are. For all intents and purposes, you are. Yeah? So... That's why I'm just so keen on this point, because this point affects everything else that comes after it. What comes after it doesn't affect this point much. But this point of recognizing what you are and what you're not affects every other point that comes after it. It does. Yeah? So to me, the efficiency of the message is supreme. Yeah? It's like getting to the first knot of a row of knots and realizing the first knot has a thread that participates in all the other knots. So if you loosen the first knot, you'll see a loosening of all the other knots. And what happens, it, it dawns you're onto something. You've gotten to the root of something, yeah? By the relief it engenders. It's just that fucking simple. <laughs> the relief tells you you're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Not fucking belief or faith, like a faith. Not a not a, a faith that has no flexibility, that type of rigid fundamentalist. No. A recognition from relief of the problem. From the relief of the problem, there's a recognition about the problem. There is. You see it. Yeah. <laughs> you see it in all of its little <laughs> inconsistencies. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you. Always good to see you, Anne, and everyone. It's always so good to see you, Paul. Thank you. You know, it's just, well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Anne. Thanks, Paul. Skylar has her hand up. Hi, Paul. Skyla. <laughs> what? I said, okay. there you are. Oh, yes, here I am. Um, so my question is, and this is related to what you said, what is it you know that you don't want to know? Uh, does a question already have a knowing or answer if we are trusting higher power? Um, it's just the coming to terms with it 
the self thinks it doesn't know, but it actually does know already? Yes. Okay. No, the self may not know, but you do. Yeah, not yeah. the self. Yes. The answer is already there. There's a, there's a denial of the answer that, mm -hmm. that hides itself in the I don't know. But there is yeah. a knowing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so you start getting, you start accessing that, and then it becomes familiar. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's like the unfamiliar is coming familiar, like, because it goes against the dogma, kind of what you're saying about, like, um, like why is there really a need to prayer, pray if you already are relieved of the bondage of self? Like, I feel like that. A little bit when I'm going into the prayer I'm like well what's gonna happen is already gonna happen the way it's supposed to happen so me being like getting on my knees and being like um I pray for my relationship with blankety blank to blossom if I have a crush on them like if it's not meant to be it's not meant to be like I feel like I already know the answer that that may not effect that may not change anything like I don't have that control so like I kind of want to stop doing that but I don't want to like be like okay now I'm not getting on like you know what I mean yeah but maybe sometimes it's just pray yeah and then for and also in AA you're directed not to pray basically for your own drives but mm, to yeah but yeah, the idea I don't, I have no thing about praying or not. Yeah. Pray because it's an active praying. There's nothing wrong with praying. It's when there's an interest in trying to, to uh, manage a result. Mm -hmm. That to me, that to me is burdensome. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But if mm -hmm. you, if you want to explore not praying, see what happens. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. But yes. Yeah. Uh, Asking that question, I used to mostly use it with people in relationship because sometimes you want something from the person, but you're to to really want that you've got to block out some other things. Yeah, yeah. that hasn't worked out well usually for me. Yeah, like <laughs> because the other things the other things become dominant, and uh, yeah, then I'm yeah. stuck somewhere. So I learned yeah. the lesson the hard way. So, but I already knew. But I didn't want to know. I knew that this person is fucking crazy, but she looks great, and I want to da 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 da. Yeah, and I'll be able to manage it. You know, I'll keep that. I keep the craziness down while I get my enjoyment. Well, it never worked out well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting I called at three in the morning. She's drunk. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So. But I knew all along, I just didn't mm -hmm. want to know because it was going against my personal agenda. Yeah, I wanted something. Yeah. When you want something or a desire, a lot of times it blinds you to a lot of other information, obviously. Yeah. 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 Right when you said that, I was like, okay, I'm over that crush. Like, I already have a day count for not talking to him before <laughs> anything even happened because I'm like, I know every little nitwack paddywhack of our conversations of text by heart. So I'm like obsessed because I can't yeah. have him. So I want him more, but like, yeah, mm -mm. 
not a that's good, good. Well, that's that, yeah just turn it over to that power that's the whole point of of recovery it's a reliance on self i mean reliance on a higher power than self yeah mm -hmm. so those exercises are helpful because they produce a habit when you notice something you bring it over you bring it over to the power yeah mm -hmm. step six and seven and stuff you get into the habit of that yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the head wants, obviously, to go over shit and start trying to manage and control. We've seen where that goes. So you got to take the specimen away from its microscope, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's like you can't yeah. make any adjustment that's going to make you more satisfied with yourself as self. It's like I do over text like an and sign, like a curvy and sign. Cause my mom does that. And I was like, Oh, that's cute. And then yesterday I was sitting on the toilet and I was like, I need to start spelling out a N D like, otherwise, like, I'm just not a good texter. Like this is absurd. I'm like too girly and like just overthinking, like I need to say a N D spelled out like a normal person. I'm like, that's not going to make me feel any more fulfilled <laughs> or better. No. <laughs> But now you recognize something. So if the obsession goes on with the boy, then if the shit hits the fan, at least you're fucking accountable and you don't have to whine to about 20 people. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, I like accountability. So yeah. if I, if let's say I choose something and then it goes south about eight hours later, uh -huh. uh, the, the, uh, all the cannons go, don't get turned outward and start shooting at oh those motherfuckers i hey i went with it you know? okay. i happened with me, had a perfect example of it when uh my first year no my second or third year i had a car now i didn't want to go through the trouble of putting the in it the ad in the paper and having people come and i had a little you know there's some things wrong with it i don't want to fucking be dishonest so there was a new guy and he needed a car. So I sold it to him, which I <laughs> basically <laughs> knew. So what happens is a couple of weeks later, I get a letter from the police from Richmond and the, my car, because he hadn't changed the rego, my car was <laughs> impounded at the, in Richmond and I owe 300 something dollars. So, so, but I didn't start blaming him. I knew better. It's like, mm -hmm. if you're going to lend money to a newcomer, you better realize you're giving it away. You're not lending yeah. money. Yeah. So you get clear and therefore it brings about an accountability. So a lot mm -hmm. of times I've done, I've gone against that, which I know, and I paid the price and I've learned. Yeah. 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 It's not that uh, we're saints, but we learn uh in that space between sinner and saint you learn you learn what works and doesn't work yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah so i would never take that away from anybody because that's how many of us get convinced we yeah. we 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 apply the suggestions and we see they work mm -hmm. yeah? yeah yeah i see that AA, if I do an inventory on a topic, it produces a different answer than I do. My head gives me a different answer with the same information. And which one has led to a happier life? 
the AA fucking answer, not mine. Yeah? yeah. So you prove you prove the validity of the program in your own experience. Yeah. What yeah. do you think about AA's the people in AA uh, stereotypically? <laughs> <laughs> Not the big. Well, they're two different things. I know. So they say. AA people, not the big book, not to date in your first year. But is that yes. like a, you gotta wait? Or like, what do you think? It doesn't, you know, most people, I just shared on that. No, most people don't. And then they learn the hard way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they learn that the mental state is looking to make a higher power out of anything other than the higher power. True. <laughs> You make the girl or the guy the higher power. Usually the guy is going out with a younger girl, you know, in AA. The guy may yeah. have a few years. You're thinking they're sober and they're, and, but they're sick as you are. And then they both go out and they end up, you know, at the same detox. Okay, yeah. word. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. All right. All right buddy. Four more months. Nice Thank you. you. Maybe some inside heating. What? Maybe get some inside heating going. You look a little <laughs> cold in there. I know. When you keep it cold, it burns calories. What is it I know that I don't want to know? I know it's <laughs> fucking cold here. So let's turn up the thermos. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Funny stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. What is it I know that I don't want to know? Uh, that's a very revealing statement, seriously. Yeah. You know, another one I had, it's so beautiful because the book is alive for me. I had an apartment in the hate for a few years in sobriety. Somebody, one of my roommates was moving to Hawaii and I had, I thought I'd have no problem renting it. So I put it in the paper and I was having trouble finding a, a someone to move in and I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to pay for it. There would be no way the money would show up that I could pay for the place. So there was a guy I met who was just came out of a rehab who I didn't even like. He needed a place to stay. So that was my answer. Okay, I'll rent him the room. And therefore, temporarily it worked. The pressure was off. I got someone I can afford it. But now this guy goes out, starts drinking. And he goes, he starts going out with this girl he met in rehab and they're both drinking and he doesn't have a phone. So his girlfriend's calling my phone at four in the morning to talk to the other guy. And I'm saying, <laughs> going crazy. Then he, he disappears. I go in the room. There's all these little like airport bottles of vodka and shit. I get a call from him. It sounds like a, a collect call from hell. He calls me up and I could hear like demons almost. And he's stuck in a house with this lady in the East Bay and he wants me to help him. Yeah, this all came from trying to, you know, get out of a fear of not having enough money for rent. This brought all these consequences. I go over there to pick him up by myself, which isn't suggested. I should have went with someone else. The door's wide open, and all I can hear is this rumbling in the back, and I'm calling in like a giant echo, and then he shows up 10 minutes later, 
and I'm ready to, I won't go in the house. I'm ready to put him in the car, and I realize he only has one shoe on. I said, where's your other shoe? And he, so he has to go back in, and she's screaming like a banshee. I get him out, I drive him to, rehab, uh, to detox, and I've never seen him again. Now, months later, I get a call from a woman, and the woman's looking for this guy, Paul, and I'm a Paul. I said, no, I haven't seen Paul in a long time. And he says, well, I just wanted to tell him that Kathy, her daughter, and his old girlfriend died. She overdosed the night before. Yeah. So this whole story came about by me having, I didn't trust that I'd be fucking taken care of. I knew I shouldn't rent this room to this guy, but I, I made a decision based on fear that put me in a position to be hurt. Yes. Exactly as it's described. I saw it play out. Yeah. I knew better. Yeah. But I was afraid again. And we make decisions based on self that later put us in a position to be hurt. Yeah? And we never find out about it until, until, until it's too late. Well, AA gives us the eyes to see from by recognizing the culprit in past defeats, we can recognize self before it fucking defeats us. That's the solution. That's why we do inventories. We do an inventory to see how self has defeated us. So why? So that maybe it won't defeat us again. Yeah? I can't take too many more defeats. I can't. Yeah? I can't. I don't. My body would die if I shot coke now. <laughs> I would. It would. I'd have a heart attack. Yeah? I can't be drinking. You know, I was so toxic, you couldn't kill me. I never got viruses or, or flus because I was intoxicated with fucking poison from drinking and using. That immunity's gone. If I drink or use, I'll be fucked totally. I'll be dead probably today. Not that I have any interest in it, but things have changed, yeah? I used to live in the defeat of self. I don't now. I'm not in the defeat of self. I haven't been for a long, 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 long time. So yeah, Mike, anyone else? Thanks, Paul. Kristen, you're up. Where's Kristen? Who is this one? This one. Yes? Yeah. Hi. Hi, Paul. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So well, I can um, see I, you know, I got you. Okay. So um I wanted to you, you kind of talked about this a little bit with Anne and um, actually Carl talked about it, but so I too, I mean, I know that I was struck sober. I absolutely hands down know that. And years later, I had this understanding that any idea of separation, I'm stone cold sober, any idea of separation is insanity. I mean, it's just insanity. And um, 
you know, I had this experience where um, I was living, I would have to just describe it as my heart outward rather than my head inward. Um, where in the morning when I got up, it was like, okay, what are we going to do today? I remember thinking, well, who the hell can't live here? But um, I don't, that change that I experienced didn't stay established within me. It didn't have um, like uh, staying power. And I've experienced it several times. Um, and so I guess I just wanted you to talk about that a little bit, even though I believe you have, but it's sort of like caught in this, I feel like I'm caught in this wanting and I feel like, um, like you said, the taste, the longing. And I, I mean, I've been sober quite a while and yet I haven't had this like sort of staying power with that kind of a change. And um, I Well, just, you have, you're sober. <laughs> yeah. Your experience or or how it's manifesting is different, but the basis is still influential for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I feel like um, like I have golden handcuffs on. Does that make sense? Well, thank God it's just a feeling. <laughs> because a feeling ain't a fact in a lot of cases yes uh, yeah yeah so why not ask well who is it that feels like they have golden handcuffs on it may not be you that's generating that feeling mm. yeah yeah you've got to recognize the mechanism of selfing keeps grasping and trying to claim whatever it becomes uh, brought into contact with. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you can have a large, a lot of period of time where it's muted and everything, but it's mechanical. So if you're here, it's sort of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's just, and the manifestations of relief from that can vary and change over times. So something can be an incredibly melodic note and then it just stabilizes into another kind of note, yeah? Like a bass line. It doesn't mean the essence of change isn't there. It's just how it's appearing or manifesting is changed. Right. Yeah. And so the head wants to make it as if it was there and now it's gone. So it can sort of fill up the, the void of loss and, and self in it, yeah? Truly, that's my view of it all, yeah? Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it has no interest in that. The only interest in that it has is to pivot you and triangulate you and locate you in its little story, which it's doing in a way. So yeah. it now has you as that which is locked by the golden handcuffs. No, that, it's, that's a shadow it's projecting. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because yeah. you know what? Um, I mean, just talking about that little piece and um, some of the other things, you said 
if you keep calling the problem you, then you are the problem. And I understand like what you're saying with that. Um, yeah. But it, it seems like the closer I, I get to, and I don't know what it is that I'm getting closer to, but the more it rears its head, like it just. Of course it does. On. It's like uh, it's like the Old Testament description of God. It brooks no other god before it. It sounds like a, a like a, a jealous cartel fucking leader. <laughs> the old god in the old testament. It's sort of like don't fucking you know you have to serve me and no other. It doesn't sound like yeah. So your head is playing god. Remember that. Just take that as a granted. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so when it's presenting an idea, it says it's already a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so it presents an idea that it's already a fact. And so when you take the idea, you start out as a fact, a fact that's not a fact. Yes. It's very yeah. quick. You gotta, you know, it's recognizable. It's mechanical. You can recognize it. And totally. so I'm sharing it with you. Uh, recognizing it yeah 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 and you're not that so you know yeah you're not. it doesn't matter when it was great or when it's contracted and bummed out i'm not ne i'm neither of those yeah mm. i don't know what the hell i am but i'm not locatable <laughs> and i'm not in exposition and you can't tell me what I am. I'm being it. So I'm in yeah. the process of being what I am. I can't have an apt, a complete description of it. I'm being it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I rather just stay in it. You know, I like the idea of I don't know. And, and uh, my idea of a higher power is I have an under, you know, I have a higher power of its own understanding. So it yeah. tells me how it understands shit. It doesn't, I don't tell it how I want to understand shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, honey, uh, I think you have a very good basis. Yeah. Hmm. Just rest there. Okay. This stuff, this stuff that pronouncing has deep roots will be blown away by circumstances and situations. Yeah. 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 Okay. It doesn't have, it doesn't have the staying power. It doesn't. The shit gets, these pontifications in my own life get forgotten in a half an hour, really. Yeah. You know, when I get a giant CNN headline, you're fucked. I just forget the whole headline. I don't even, it's not like I have a rebuttal. I just forget. <laughs> Unfucked, fucked, I don't know. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. All I know is I'm still here. That's the only valid uh, point. I'm here, obviously. I don't know, I don't know how I'm here or what it looks like being here but i'm here yeah and i think that will be the case until i'm not and until i'm not then i there won't be anyone to worry about it yeah so i'm just completely here 
Mm. <laughs> Whatever that looks like today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the here is the here doesn't have any look. Yeah, the here allows all the other you know multi-dimensional dimensional looks to appear, but the here is always here. The space that you never see holding everything else that you can see, hear, feel, taste and touch, yeah. Yeah. That here is profoundly here. <laughs> you, you can fall into that and never and never and always be caught, but never get caught. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, Sonny. Anything I can do to to confuse what you're not, I'm happy to try to do it. All right. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I appreciate you, honey. Very, yeah. You have an inquiry mind, inquiring mind. It's nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank. You. Well, thank you. I appreciate it's a big it. Skylight. It's got a big skylight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Any other questions? Thanks, Kristen. Uh, Kurt, did you want to ask a question? Bring on, Kurt. Well, a couple. I really appreciate that. I was given that question months, years ago, probably. Uh, you know, what is it you don't want to know that you know? What is it you know that you don't? What is it that you know that you don't want to know? And then the other thing was I was laughing because I asked my sponsor about that about getting in a relationship, you know, the first year. And he said, oh, he said, he said, nobody knows if that's true because nobody's ever done it. You know, he said, everybody. That's right. <laughs> the, that's but, right. But the one thing I wanted to say was, you know, a lot of times. I think we, we we're looking for this spiritual experience ex, instead of from it. And yeah, that, was, sure. that was the whole. Um, that thing, I mean, you, you really hit a couple things like in prayer, you know, prayer, I didn't have a problem getting what I prayed for. It was getting rid of it. And, uh, what, <laughs> what prayer, rid of it. Well, how prayer changed for me was it changed to, I quit asking for things and started recognizing what I had been given. So prayer yeah. went from asking for something to thanking this this sense of gratitude and um you know what you're always talking about so i really appreciate it you, you touched on a bunch of subjects today so thanks and remember there's formal there's praying and then there's the posture of prayer yeah this it's not there's not just one way to skin a cat so to speak so the idea of doing service and being of service, they have the word service in it, but they're different in a way, yeah? The of service is more of an attitude. The doing service is an action, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That attitude changes a lot of shit into doing, into service, mm -hmm. where doing service can be sort of defined some way, yeah? But yeah. the attitude of being of service can make anything service. Yeah, that's what's that's the power. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 yeah, 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 
Yeah, thanks for your talk, Paul. Yeah. See, when you change, it changes things. To keep constantly changing, trying to change things doesn't change the thing. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't. So, you know, yeah. All right. Thank you, man. Yes. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. These are lively events, these Zooms. Thanks, Paul. You know, one question my sponsor asks me frequently when I call is, uh, what's the one thing you don't want to talk about? Yeah, sort of like that, yes. Yeah. I usually hang up right there because I don't want to hear them <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> no. Yeah, those things are... Most people know what's going on, but there's an investment not to know it because they have desire. They have a plan, yeah? And so... That's fine. Fulfill your desire and the plans, and then you'll learn from that incredibly. Because like someone said, you'll pray for something, and then you can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, I think we'll end the day. I want to see, see. Hold on. Where's Marcus? Marcus, I want to know how you're doing. Uh, hey, Paul. Um, I'm, I'm doing good. Um just uh keeping it simple um um finally starting to do the four step i'm just writing that i'm just putting pen to paper just, yeah. just um standing just i you know I'm, I'm either gonna associate with people that's active in their addiction or people that's active in their recovery so that's why i'm here with you guys so good well that's the thing bro we gotta one of the first like uh things to do is change our externals where we can, yeah? Get into the right habits, yeah? Because the habits are gonna be the insurance policy for your sobriety. And those habits are, first they're heard as suggestions, you take them, and then they turn into habits. And that becomes our way of life, yeah? So many of us here are in the habit of being sober, that's what you're in the process of. You're going to end up being in the habit of being sober. And that will, that will, that the gravitational pull of the old ways won't have a pull on you anymore. You'll be in a gravitational pull that protects you from the old gravitational pull. Yeah. And that's by having the habits get set up, going to meetings getting service, getting commitments, just participating, bro. Yeah? Yeah. All right, I'm happy to see you. Good to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's, uh, let's just say goodbye, eh? Hey, Mickey, Mickey from Madeira, can you send uh, send me your address so for the, re for the, uh, the scholarship thing? Yes. Um, your, your email. Your email. email? Sure, yeah. I will. Sure All right. I thanks. Will. To Zen Bitch Slap? Yeah, do just write Zen Bitch Slap. I'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. You. I have your name. I just need the email. All right. Got See it. you. Thank you.
Yes, let's say, uh, Carl, thank you for the service. Very good readings today. Uh, Kerry, nice to see you there. Thanks, yes, in Hawaii. It goes with you, Kerry. Kerry from Hawaii, I think, I like works better than Kerry from Minneapolis. I like the sound of Hawaii as well. Yeah. <laughs> I like the temperature. <laughs> We got Mike O, Pleasure, Rob Farr, one of my main men. Uh, we got Mike Z. Mike, I'm going to call you after this, you know, in about a half hour after I eat, all right? About the, all the scholarships. Got it all down. We got Kaiser. Nice to see you, Kaiser. We got Mike, another Mike. I know Mike. Nice to see you, Mike. We got Verena. Verena, who I think is from Amsterdam, is actually from Germany. Yes, I know, I know. So always getting, she's got a friend. Nice to see you. Yes. All right, we got, uh, let's see. We got Mickey, the matriarch of Madeira. We got Jono, Jono UK. Very good to see you again, Jono. Paul, as always. We got Stefan on Having Never Left. We got Taz up in the old Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne has damn good coffee, Melbourne. Yes. We got Kristen. Always a pleasure, honey. You get my mind going, the good aspect of mine. It's good. Yes. You know, the skylight mind. We got Roman, as always. Thank you, Roman. Your, your presence is a pleasure. Yeah, I hope I have an opportunity to take you on the platinum tour. I only gave you the copper tour last time. When you thought came it over. was already the platinum tour. Oh. <laughs> no, you haven't seen the platinum yet. Oh, looking forward. Right, we got Helen. <laughs> Helen, nice to see you, Helen. Steve G, a pleasure to see you, Steve. We got Julianne. Nice to see you there, Julianne K. And as always, Anne Cavanaugh, what an impression you've made, Anne. Nice to see you. Mike, Michael Stacy, as always. We got Anna R. She's relaxing. Yeah. She's holding that head full of thoughts. Yes. We got Leah. Thank you, Leah. Yes. The scholarships, you'll send someone to uh, non duality school. <laughs> Marcus, as always, stick with us, bro. We got Skyla. We got Jeff P. We got Jeffrey. We got Rhonda. We got Maggie. Yes. Uh, let's see. They're bouncing around. Rich A, Sharon P, Walter, Jeffrey B. Uh, let's see who else here. Ricky, oh, Rich A. Yeah. All right, Rhonda W., nice to see everyone or not see them. Oh, Sherry, Sherry from uh, Pines, California, nice to see you. You're very young, Sherry. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for this wonderful uh, privilege. Thanks, Paul. Hold the space with all of us.
It's incredible. And uh, let's not take ourselves too seriously. Okay. I'll see you soon. Hey, uh, there's a new meeting on Tuesday morning, 9 o'clock next week. Just go to the Zen Bitch Slap and it has it all in the events, I think. Yeah? Yeah. So, all right. See you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.